So the big question is this, how do investors like us who don't have a PhD in finance earn millions to start investing? How do we grow our bank accounts to build real savings and retirements and yet still have the time to do what we really love? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. All right, awesome guys. Hey, welcome to the Stock Market Secrets Podcast. Today, the very, very special edition, we are pumping up our bike tires and on our way to school. And I thought of something that uh, I think happens a lot in the marketplace, especially when you start investing and it's uh, it's surprise, all right? Now the marketplace, you know, especially with long-term investing, isn't supposed to be surprising. You just kind of want a stable uh, asset, like a portfolio that is gonna, you know, stick with you for the long-term and uh, you know feed you feed your kids pay solid dividends and continue to accrue in value over time but you know obviously with uh, with any kind of investment right you're always going to have you know some variations in those variations um free you know short-term short-term fluctuations and those short-term fluctuations um can be great they can be terrible i mean you see last year the stock market's gone up oh, probably 20 percent 30 percent which is awesome then this year you know it's kind of stagnant kind of flat you have years where it goes down years where it goes up and you know it's just you can't really predict the the overall market right you just kind of have to be in it for uh, the long run and understand your uh, your time horizon with your investments right so um so i kind of i was saying that ideology i was thinking about that and uh, something really really interesting happened today you know i was getting socks to put on some great awesome hey guys john Wooten here with the stock market secrets podcast today i'm super excited because something kind of interesting happened today and it reminded me a lot of the times what will happen with long-term investing or swing trading uh, especially when you have you know a pretty solid diversified portfolio that's kind of what i want to talk to you guys about today so um, i'll go to get some shoes on and you know get uh, socks all the good stuff that you need and i pull out my sock drawer and, uh, and there's like a spider, and it's probably like a solid, you know, three-inch spider. It was like, whoa, a spider, you know? Um, that little reaction you get when you find spiders in random sock drawers. And the spiders were just kind of like sitting, and it was sort of weird because... Um, so the spider's on the socks, and you know, you take out the sock, and you put the spider, you just take care of it, right? Um, but it was really, really interesting because uh, it kind of made me think like with normal portfolios, right? Especially in, in the market you'll have a surprise every once in a while and you have a whole drawer full of socks or a whole portfolio full of um, stocks, right? Stocks, socks, they're very, very similar. Um, but anyway, so when you have those investments, sometimes you know, you're gonna have one where it, uh, it doesn't go your way. And then you'll have ones that do go your way. So you have really, really cool socks and then you have socks that have spiders on them and those spiders come out, they surprise you. And it makes the individual socks that they affect look kind of crazy, kind of creepy, but it doesn't really affect your entire portfolio. Um, and that's kind of the importance of having an entire drawer full of stocks, right? Because instead of having, you know, your whole, uh, like, stock collection affected by one single spider, it only affects a very marginal amount of uh, your, your stocks. So you can apply that same mentality into the stock market uh, because you have a portfolio, right? And if you have any individual stock that goes down, you know, 10, 20%, like that kind of sucks, right? And not necessarily an ideal behavior, but every once in a while, right, you'll have stocks that go down. Uh, but the important part is to make sure that that single position isn't too much your portfolio, right? So if we had like a spider and it was on my one pair of socks and I only had, you know, three pairs of socks, 
I mean, that would kind of really suck because I would have like an infected pair of socks and it would affect, you know, a third of my, my socks. But if that sock, you know, I got like 50, not 50, like probably 20 pairs of socks or whatever. Um, and you can apply sort of that same mentality to uh, stock diversification where uh, at the beginning you, uh, you grow, you know, the overall number of positions you have, the overall pairs of socks you have in the marketplace, right? If you think as an image, you're going to have a much better uh, capacity of loss, a much better ability to, you know, sustain any given position having a, a temporary uh, issue or temporary downtrend, right? So, like, I had to get out, get shoes, and, you know, crush the spider, but it was easy because it was isolated to, you know, one pair of socks instead of my entire, uh, you know, sock drawer. So, I want you guys to think about that and apply that same mentality of isolation and individual positions into your long-term diversification so that, you know, if you have a company that you own and all of a sudden they go, they turn out to be kind of a bad company, you don't have to go out there and kill your entire portfolio, right? That's why you don't want your whole portfolio based on one stock. You want it based uh, more so on a very, very, you know, larger collection of them so that if something bad happens, it's not going to kill you. Now, I have a really good example about this. It was a Coca-Cola bottling company consolidated. I know they had a really, really amazing run-up in the past four or five months. And what happened is they were at like 200 bucks, 150 bucks at their lows. And then they came up and it looked sort of like a head and shoulders setup. So I shorted their uh, second shoulder before a break uh, because, you know, you think that it'll bounce off the second shoulder and then go back down to that neckline. And it was about, you know, 300 bucks to about 150 bucks. So you kind of double your money and then you put a stop loss on it for, you know, 50 bucks. So the goal with it is a three to one risk reward ratio. So I put in the position, I shorted, but something really interesting happens is instead of the uh, position turning out to be a head and shoulder setup, it was, it was actually pretty freaking crazy. Uh, interior Bollinger Bands W setup. So it went up, went to new highs actually, and then crushed above that uh, historic peak, which was originally the head in the head and shoulder setup, but it actually turned out to be more like a monthly Bollinger Band W setup. So it actually went past that, made a new high, and then went out there to uh, to crush it, which is really, really crazy because it was uh, it's just really, really insane price movement. Um, and now, you know, I'm in the hole. Uh, I didn't do a stop on it because I didn't have direct control over the account. This was just a little bit before I turned 18, right? So I have to do it through my parents. And it's tough to get communications across a lot of the time. So it was, I mean, it took me like two weeks, three weeks to just get them to, you know, open up the position. And then after that, it moved really, really quickly, about a week. And it was already in the 310s, 320s. Um, and at a certain point, you have to understand, and you know, based on your, your foundations, based on your principles, and based on your technical analysis, that like the price is too high. Just based on stochastics, based on MACD. Uh, based on very solid fundamental factors in the marketplace. So, with that, um, 
look at the stock and you realize, okay, well, I'm in the hole a little bit right now. It's a good thing it's not, you know. I've made a, it was a pretty really, you know, head and shoulders. Those are really, really strong setups. And also the fundamentals on it looked really, really overbought. Um, so the company was at super, super insane highs and it just kind of needs to come down. So I did about, you know, I've, you gotta get really good because if you're not really good, you can do this and you can mess up. And uh, if you mess up, you'll kind of get in the same situation I'm in right now, which is why I don't want you guys to do this, right? That's why with, you know, long-term investment swing trades, I usually go for about five to 7% per position, which is, you know, totally good, whatever, right? Um, but with, with Coke, I mean, it was really, really strong. Technicals were amazing. So I did like a 12.2% position um, and overweighted in my, my portfolio. So when it went out and, uh, and did the, you know, it went the wrong way, uh, now, it was a greater part of my portfolio that was sort of like touched by the spider, as it were, right? So it was, it was, you know, in the red. But it wasn't like my entire portfolio was following Coca-Cola stock. We were still growing overall, beating the markets. Overall, there was just that segment of it that was, that was underperforming, doing pretty poorly. Because Coke rallied really, really hard. I think to like 350, 370, I don't know. It reversed really, really quickly after that tried to add to the position but like I said I don't actually have control over that brokerage account so because unable to which is you know okay whatever um, so now that it's been going and you're at this new area with it it's actually really interesting because instead of uh, you know touching the position and waiting on it, I'm just waiting for it to go down right now because like I said the technicals are really really high and it's just got to come down especially after the huge run-up it just had there's just you know nowhere else for it to go and then you'll look at covering it right now it's at like 300 um, which is sweet uh, we'll see you know how low it goes and then you just you base your order entries and exits on stuff like you know the MACD and the stochastics on the monthly chart so it's about a six to eight month setup uh, for any situation that you have in at least in that that stock right so with that said I remember I was talking a whole lot about uh, you know, you know, I'm a big stock guy. I like stocks a lot. So, with uh, with college uh, interviews, there were a couple of interviews for some, some scholarship programs uh, that I went to, and I remember, you know, a lot of people. I I don't know why, but you know, they, people you know say like, "Hey, I really like stocks." I don't know. Sometimes one of the first things I get as a response is like, "Hey, what stock would you recommend? What stock should I trade right now? What stock should I buy?" And like, for most portfolio analysis, like. That's like saying what single single pair of socks should, should I wear? Because you always have to remember like any given position, especially like essentially with like with swing trades, long-term investments, I mean any single position can go to the wrong way. And you don't want to have like one pair of socks in your drawer and have that pair of socks get a huge, huge spider on it. And then you're like, well, I guess I'll just go to work in flip-flops, you know? It's just not, not the plan, not the good idea. And that's why you know, people say like, you know, what's the one stock you pick? I think it's, it's tough because everything's about a 5 to 7% weighting in almost all situations, except for 9 to noon trades. But 9 to noon trades, they only last, you know, 10, 25 minutes, an hour, two hours at most, right? Uh, maybe a little more, but, but usually those are the stocks that you're finding through the screeners, finding with technical analysis. And then you're trading them based off your education, based on your knowledge in the marketplace. And that knowledge isn't necessarily something you can like transfer to somebody in one sentence and be like, this is the entire, 
you know, second part of a book I wrote. Like you, like you have to learn it, right? Then when you learn it, you can apply it. When you apply it, you can create the results that you want in the marketplace and, and have those surreal profits because they come when the market rewards informed traders and, uh, you know, you get your profits because you understand what you're doing. And when you understand what you're doing, uh, it's no longer a question of, like what stocks you buy, but like what are some good tickers to sift through, right? Because you understand the fundamentals of, you know, long-term, medium-term investments. Then you also understand the implications of uh, technical factors, right? So it's super, super important more so to establish the education than, um, than just, you know, randomly say, what's the best stock? Now, another really important thing that, you know, I always try to do is I, I try to find as many tickers as I can because, you know, a lot of times tickers really, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that go into the marketplace and use technicals the right way. And there's not a whole lot of people that, um, are, that identify them and share what they identify with, uh, the rest of the marketplace. It's not a lot of people that just, you know, first of all, understand it, but also share it, right? Um, and that's why I'll sign up for a bunch of newsletters, right? But I know that, you know, 90% of what's circulating out there in the public newsletter space is usually, you know, not particularly valuable because, you know, these guys just don't understand, um, at least a lot of them, technical analysis and proper application and, and reliable and consistent ways to generate profit with the market. I know a lot of the newsletters I sent up, I mean, I've got like day trading newsletters I watch and, and those, the, the, you know, they're just like, they're not even nine to noon setups. They're just really, really sketch OTC stocks. They're like over the counter stocks, which means they're like ridiculously cheap and they're much more likely to, you know, have that bad day. And, uh, and there's not very solid technical setup, technical base behind many of the trades. It's more so based on, uh, on just like speculation or, or news and, and with nine to noon stocks, you know, fundamentals really aren't as important as that technical analysis. And then having that pre-market catalyst that's um, going to uh, create, you know, whatever uh, change in sentiment that the market needs to take a position to its next level and uh, get out there and grow. Whew, whew, whew. So anyway, so I was thinking about this morning and it kind of prompted me to pull up because it's just diversification so different with long-term, short-term investing. It just kind of depends. Ooh, sorry. Um, on the uh, the commitment you have to something, and then you know the amount of work you put behind it. Because you know if you just make the right trades and you go through the systems and processes, and you go through just the very basic, you know, pull up your your trading software, load your screeners, find the pre-market gainers and uh, then just trade them through technical analysis for about two or three hours, sometimes only one hour, sometimes freaking half an hour and you're out there crushing it. It just kind of depends on the day. Um, I mean, you're gonna outperform 99% of portfolios in the marketplace uh, because you're putting in the work and you've also invested in that education that's going to take you to that next level of performance, which is really you know interesting stuff. But going back to, um, Diversification. I do want to talk a little bit more about, you know, as you start to grow, how to plan, you know, that retirement portfolio, right? So if you're trading, if you're working, you know, whatever it is you do, if you're putting away 10, 20, whatever percent 
of uh, your income into you know portfolio that's gonna grow over time to you know build your retirement fund, build your savings goals, whatever it is you're working towards. Um, like it's so so important to have that solid diversification and also to stick with it, right? So if you have your drawer of socks, you know you don't just throw away one or two because they have uh, a very slight tarnish, right? You have to keep them and let them perform over time, you know? You can't make harsh decisions on long-term picks based on short-term, you know, patterns. And unless they're, you know, well-informed, usually you're going to stick by those positions for, you know, years and years to come. And you just have to have that end in mind of where you want your portfolio to be, where you want to grow to, and what the purpose is for, uh, for any given investment so that you can, you know, visualize that future goal where you've made it and your stocks have collectively grown together so that your overall portfolio uh, has this whole other level of growth where, you know, it might have tripled, you know, some of your positions might have even quadrupled in a decade or something. But if you just, you know, understand that, that you're in it for the long term, you leave it, you know, especially if you haven't gotten to the point in your life where where you're aiming to, uh, to cash in on those savings goals, to cash in on those retirement goals. And then, you know, just leave for a little more. It's like, bam, 10x, right? You need to be careful with it. And you have to understand what you're doing for sure because that's really, really vital is getting, you know, a fundamental grasp on how your investments are going to perform in the long term just based on, you know, fundamental company analysis. Uh, but once you can do that, you're going to get into this really amazing place where all of a sudden the stress, you know, the time, there's just less work to manage your portfolio because it grows, you know, by itself, right? The underlying companies grow, they pay their dividends, they do whatever. And you can, you know, live on whatever you need to and just kind of let the rest grow organically in the marketplace without you know, having to, you know, put in the work anymore, put in the research once you know what you're doing and know what your investments are. The education you invest in pays off and then it's just, you know, research and research and growth. But it's, uh, it's a whole different game because now, you know, once you go out to the store, once you go through all the aisles, you know, whatever store you shop at, if I go to Costco and I buy like 48 socks, right? And I understand that you know, one day or another, a pair of these socks might rip, might get a hole in them, a spider might wake up one day on it, um, and you have to deal with that, you know? You're okay with that, because you've, you know, you've put the work in, you've researched exactly what you're buying up front at the beginning, and then you've used that research as a way to sort of, you know, protect yourself against the risk of a, uh, any given downturn in your collection of stocks because you understand at a fundamental level how it all works and how you're growing it so that uh, you're okay with you know minimal temporary losses and you understand that you know this whole group of uh, assets is going to serve you and perform for you for years and years and years to come um, as long as you maintain it and uh, and you let it grow because you understand that you know it's a long-term investment, right? You don't buy new socks every week, every three weeks. Same thing with socks, right? 
you're going to keep, you know, the things that you purchase for years and years and years. So you want to make sure that you find those high quality investments. And then you stick well with them. And at least with swing trading too, you understand when to time them, when to create the right market timing. Because uh, that timing will a lot of times just depend on the underlying fundamentals. And it's based, you know, a lot on how you see the, the technicals change. But those technicals are, uh, are something you're always going to have with you. Something that's going to change uh, very infrequently because you've established your system. You understand exactly why you're growing, exactly what you're doing. And you use that as a basis for uh, the quality of work you do since you know the value of the underlying company and you use that as a way to persist through tough times and make it work. Hope you guys found this valuable. An amazing day. Really appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Want more stock market secrets? If so, go get your free copy of my best-selling book, 9 to Noon. You can get your free copy plus $11,176 of unannounced bonuses. It took me years to uncover completely for free at 9toNoonSecrets.com. Inside 9 to Noon, you'll find the top 38 secrets you can use to double your portfolio every two years and make upwards of 10% per trade daily.